Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself continue our discussion on justification, looking at a New Testament passage in Luke chapter 5. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. All right. Awesome. We're, we're st- talking about more justification still, versus... Still on justification. Yeah. It's my new favorite... Sorry, Brett. That's all right. Yeah. It's my new favorite adjective. <laughs> Justification-y. Yes. Mm-hmm. Isn't that an adverb? Or would that be no. more of a, <laughs> an adjective, maybe? Uh, versus is a noun, so justification-y would be an adjective. We need schoolhouse rock adjective, to come yeah. in here. Yeah. Adverbs <laughs> modify <laughs> verbs. I, there were all these crazy songs about yeah. those that I still remember today. You know about adverbs and conjunction, junction. What's your function? What's your yeah. function? And mm-hmm. but nor it'll get you very far. That dude yeah. had a great voice too. Very yeah, memorable. man. It yes. was uh, that was cool. Saturday yeah. morning little schoolhouse rock tutorial yeah. things. Yep. Yeah, we're the last generation that got fun stuff like yeah, that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After that, it was all like. Uh, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood and Ooh. cartoons without antagonists yeah. and things yeah. like that. Actually, I, on the as I was moving out of that, it was more like Voltron and <laughs> <laughs> Voltron you know, is a bad analogy of the Trinity. Yeah, we know to that. Patrick. Oh, Patrick! Yeah, Patrick. Yes, I love that segment. I play <laughs> for my confirmation students. Yeah. Some of them don't get it, but some of them do think it's funny. But <laughs> it is great. But what justification yeah, verse right. are we looking at yeah, today? So we've we've had a couple of Old Testament Bible studies. Old now testament-y. we're Old Testament. Old Testament. Yeah, is that like testament? <laughs> yeah, or the testaments. Remember those? <laughs> oh, they're probably still made somewhere. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, all right. So if, if Bible bookstores still existed, you could get them at the uh, cash register. Mm. Yes. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> We apologize for those people who are listening to this and trying to get something out of Take it. Take right two, now. no, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we are talking Luke about five. the the, par- <laughs> the paralytic in Luke five, and uh, in the context of talking about justification, yep. which is the context of talking about the Augsburg Confession, Article Four. Which, yes. by the way, on the day we are recording, yes. is the 490th I anniversary of the Augsburg Confession, the presentation yeah. of the Augsburg Confession. What we call... Would you say 490? Man, you're really Lutheran if you know that. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> man. Well, on. you know what? You We're, might be a Lutheran if... Reformation Sunday is celebrated on a day when a Roman Catholic monk did a normal and accepted academic exercise by posting a sheet of paper on a bulletin <laughs> board and was still a Roman Catholic monk two years later. Mm-hmm. This is the real Reformation. And so uh, a couple of my friends and I, have the Sunday before the presentation of Augsburg Confession, we started calling it RRS, <laughs> Real Reformation Sunday. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Not it's, merged. Not merged, <laughs> unaltered. <laughs> but it, yeah. it's... Uh, it's really important, and what w- what is going to break my heart is ten years from this moment right now, and mm-hmm. oh, in ten years following the rotation, it might fall on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Boy, wouldn't that be something if June twenty fifth, twenty thirty, fell on a Sunday? We, mm. There's no way we could mm-hmm. figure that out in about twenty seconds. But anyway, uh, the five hundredth celebration of the Augsburg Confession isn't going to be nearly as attentive as the 500th anniversary as 2017 of, mm-hmm. was. And that's going to break my heart. Uh, presentation of the Augsburg Confession 
is the first time the Lutherans had to publicly declare a statement of faith. Mm-hmm. That's what the Augsburg Confession is. Uh, Article 4 of the Augsburg Confession, which is what yep. we are on, is yep. the central article of the yep. entire Christian yep. church. This is perfect. This is our yeah. meta moment of yes. the podcast. <laughs> so now I'll let you go back to reading. Yeah. Back to regularly scheduled. Our regularly scheduled yeah. Reformation programming. Yeah. Right. And uh, we're looking at uh, an account in Luke chapter five that has so much mm-hmm. beautiful things, uh, theological mm-hmm. aspects, um, grace and mercy of yeah. our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But we're going to probably stay focused more mm-hmm. so <laughs> on this wonderful statement that Jesus makes mm-hmm. about forgiveness of sins. Yep. And now the Pharisees got a lot of things wrong about Jesus, but they were right in this section of Scripture, and we need to <laughs> they, understand that. They, they were right in, in, in the accusation. It's just that there wasn't an actual crime committed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they didn't realize or were unwilling to realize who yep. Jesus was and who he claimed to mm-hmm. be, which they did understand to a degree, as it says in the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so uh, Luke, four, Luke 5, not Luke 4, Luke 5 says in verse 17, On one of those days, he, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up onto the roof and let down, let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this that who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen ex- extraordinary things today. Here ends the reading. That's the understatement of the century. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> extraordinary. If you put this into modern English, uh, what verse 26 ends with is, whoa. <laughs> Dude. Mind blown. This is it. Keanu Reeves witnessed this miracle. <laughs> oh, this is fascinating and uh, one of my favorite topics we get into get to get into the apologetics of absolution. Mm-hmm. There, there is a specific reason why Christ does what he does mm-hmm. in the order that he does it. And it is it is glorious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I remember not preaching on this text not too long ago, and I really appreciated what one commentator said on the question, which is easier? Mm-hmm. And the real answer is neither, mm-hmm. if you mean it. You know, which is easier to say and, and mean it? And neither, because only God can do both. Yeah. Yeah, good. I really appreciate that. You know, and that. If, if he was... 
you know, if if this was on a Sabbath and he had said, rise, take up your bed and go home, uh-huh. which he did many other times, they still wouldn't have believed him because mm-hmm. he would have been, yeah. you know, breaking the Sabbath. Right, right, yeah. But, you know, this is, the the way I explain this is taken right out of the curriculum uh, I of the organization mm-hmm. I used to work for, Faith Search International. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it gives you a really vivid picture of how to interact with the way a first century Jew would mm-hmm. have seen this. Oh, yeah. You know, Jesus is is preaching and healing, and he's in this mm-hmm. house. He's got crowds standing room only, the people around the outside of the house peering in through the windows, which is why uh, you get these men with their paralyzed friend climb up onto the roof. Mm-hmm. Their only chance of getting their friend in front of Jesus is if they literally dig through the roof. And the, the roofs of this day, depending on what kind of house it was, mm-hmm. is most likely straw packed with mud. Right, and then there might have been some cross timbers for mm-hmm. structural support. So they start digging in. Jesus is preaching and healing, and, and sooner or later you start to hear the chipping away, and then mud starts to fall, and, and Jesus continues to do what he does. Does it? There's no indication in the text that Jesus stopped what he was doing mm-hmm. until the the guy was dangling in yeah, front of right, him, yeah. which is a, all of this it's, is it's amazing. It's fun to fun to imagine yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our profs in seminary used to call this sanctified imagination. You know, mm-hmm. imagining the setting that this occurs. So anyway, they break through. The light starts to shine. Uh, they, you know, probably what ends up happening is they didn't carve a stretcher sized hole in the roof. They carved it long enough so they get the the man, you know, vertically through yeah, yeah. and then, you know, because he's strapped to the bed <laughs> and then they got to level him off. So yeah. then he's swinging in front of Jesus in the crowd. And if you're in the crowd, you're just, what on earth is going on? And why hasn't Jesus reacted? You know, like any normal person would be like, guys, knock it off, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. <laughs> and so finally the guy is dangling in front and, and you can almost, even if you have to create it for yourself, because it's not in the text. You feel the pregnant pause. Mm-hmm. Everything's set up. You kind of draw on your breath. Jesus gets ready to respond to the guy, and he he leans over, and he says, "Man, mm-hmm. your sins are forgiven." Mm-hmm. And, and this is where my boss, Doctor Don Byerly, in in his presentation, would kind of have the guys on the roof stick his head in the hole, and say, "Jesus." Jesus, he's paralyzed. <laughs> Jesus, you know, kind of one of those things. But yeah, you're missing the point, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. You know, but they probably don't need to do that because mm-hmm. immediately the religious elites, the scribes and the Pharisees, become indignant. This is blasphemy. Mm-hmm. Only God can mm-hmm. forgive sin. And in yeah. a sense, they are correct. Right? Well, yeah. They are correct. Yes. But Jesus, knowing their hearts, yes, yeah. which what, he's a mind reader. Which is easier, <laughs> your sins uh, to say your sins are forgiven you, or to say rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority yeah. on earth to forgive sins. I say mm-hmm. to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. So, mm-hmm. in a sense, neither. Yeah, because only God can do both. Mm-hmm. But in the minds of everyone who doesn't know what's going on, it is much easier to say your sins are forgiven mm-hmm. than it is to say. Yeah. Because it's empty, right? Yeah. You know, if I forgive your sins, nothing about your external character, Brian, changes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, now in certain circumstances, you might break down and cry tears of joy as Mm -hmm. you're relieved from the burden of an unconfessed sin. Right. But it's not like, you know, a healing service where someone lays their hands on you and you suddenly get up out of your wheelchair and walk. It's not Benny Hinn doing his Jedi mind tricks or anything like that, right? (laughs) Uh, But 
Jesus is saying it is much harder mm-hmm. to actually say to someone their sins are forgiven than it is to say to be healed. Now, exactly. it, yeah. it's, 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 neither is the case. But what Jesus does, mm-hmm. and this is the mind of the first century Jew, is removing the consequence of the sin is evidence of removing the sin. And so you have to import the rest of scripture, which is, you know, our Lutheran perspective 101 here, mm-hmm. to find out that, in fact, the mind of a first century Jew equated physical consequence with the presence of sin. Mm-hmm. And Jesus spends a large portion Who of sinned? What ministry. this man or yeah. experience? Yeah. So the, the blind man, in, is that John 8? Mm, I don't uh, know it's in the, the middle of, of John, but it's in John. And the disciples walk up to Jesus and say, Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents, mm. uh, that he was born blind? And it's, they, it indicates that there's some character defect that caused this physical consequence to manifest itself. And Jesus said, neither does this happen so that God might be glorified, right? Mm-hmm. Or the works of God might yeah, be displayed. I'm right. paraphrasing, but you guys all get the point. Um, that happens in Matthew uh, when uh, the Jews are talking to him about the Tower of Siloam. Uh, do you think you are any better off than the people who the Tower of Siloam felt on or the people who Pilate murdered and mixed their blood with the blood of the sacrifice? Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. But it is how it works in the mind of a first century Jew. Mm-hmm. So Jesus here, in a, in, in a fairly rare instant, throws him a bone. Yeah. And he says, you need to know what forgiveness looks Absolutely. like. Mm-hmm. And he removes the consequences of yep. the sin and the man gets up and walks away. Yeah. There is no doubt. Mm-hmm. And that's the woe at the end of verse 26. Mm-hmm. There is no doubt in their minds what has happened. Now, the tragic part about this is this is early in Luke and it doesn't stick. Jesus is, yeah. you know, not intentionally, but he's continually proving himself over mm-hmm. and over and over in the gospels. But the reality of the situation is this is what forgiveness looks like. And mm-hmm. there are two things we need to take out of here for the purpose of our talk on justification and what forgiveness looks like. First, forgiveness comes from God's word. Mm-hmm. So Jesus says, your sins are forgiven with the creative power of God's word. And here's another Latin phrase for us to have fun with, ex nihilo, Mm -hmm. out of nothing, Mm -hmm. uh, your sins are forgiven. So it's the power of God's word that forgives sins, not the worthiness Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. the person being forgiven or Mm -hmm. the power of the person relaying that absolution. Because he's the just and the justifier. Bingo. Hey, guess what? That's coming up next episode. And it it connects with uh, what we talked about in Genesis too. The The promises promises of of God. Mm -hmm. And just for clarity for the listener, it was in John chapter nine of the man born blind. Oh, yeah. It's close enough. I'll take credit for that. I feel pretty good about myself. (laughs) Yep. Uh, (laughs) The second thing we learn about justification is in justification, there's always a resurrection. Mm. And note the command that Christ gives to the man after his sins are forgiven. Arise, Mm -hmm. pick up your bed and walk. That's resurrection language. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so this is the part of justification that does not allow us to insert ourselves in the equation. Mm -hmm. That phrase, rise, pick up your bed and go home, is a one-sentence apologetic for divine monergism. Mm -hmm. God works alone in salvation without our help. Yep. And so both of those, the power of God's word Mm -hmm. and a resurrection of our dead 
sinful selves, you know, the sin isn't being resurrected, but the mm-hmm. creation, the new mm-hmm. creation is being risen again. That's all present here in this simple run-of-the-mill healing miracle. Mm-hmm. And it is mm-hmm. absolutely glorious and delightful. Hmm. You guys need to talk some more now because that's the point of having a radio show. We're not quite done. <laughs> radio? What's radio? We <laughs> uh, had a moment. So this is a, this is a bit of a rabbit trail, but it's kind of funny, and then we'll go back to it. I had to teach um, a young man who's 19 how to work a CD player. Oh. He had never seen one. <laughs> that hurts my heart right I now. know. Uh, what I love about this whole, this whole yeah. episode is we just see... Christ's grace yeah. and mercy, but we also see his selflessness. Yep. You know, we see that Philippians chapter two played out, placing the needs of others is more important mm-hmm. than yourself. Because I mean, honestly, who wouldn't, if if we were in Christ's place, try to defend ourselves? You know what I'm saying? Like you, you got people who are kicking against your ministry. They're basically saying that you're mm-hmm. you're not who you say you are. You're not anything, and that you've got people who are hostile toward you. And here, even in the midst of declaring this man's innocence, declaring this man's forgiveness of sins because of what he was about to do in our mm-hmm. text, here he's still preaching the gospel to people who hate him who reject him, mm-hmm. and he continues to show this selfless love of preaching that justification by grace through faith alone only comes through him, the promised Messiah, mm-hmm. just exactly who he claims to be. That's what I love about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just extraordinary that does he really need to give us evidence? No, but he does because he knows we need it. And he gives us these 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 things and these these tangible aspects that we can see in creation, you say in ex nihilo, that the creator God who created the universe and everything in it from nothing, spoke it into existence, is now creating a new creation, creating once again. And I just, I don't know, I just love to see the extravagant grace and mercy of Christ in this text. And and you mm-hmm. do, and it's hard to miss it, but mm-hmm. I just, I love the whole picture. It's it's chaos, and and Jesus is so you know, it's, it's delightful it chaos, is, though. It's, it's just really yeah. easy to and smile he keeps, thinking about he's this. He's so yeah. composed, and he's like, yeah, yep. okay, this is... <laughs> I mean, come on, man. If someone took a chainsaw and started cutting a hole in your roof, <laughs> you know, and was going to, like, lower some people down. You're like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. and, and it doesn't even phase him, and I just love right. him. But neither does the rejection of the religious leaders ever phase him. And yeah. even as he grows closer to the cross... It continues to not yep. phase him. Yep. He continues yeah, to preach like the gospel. Yeah. Oh, I just mm-hmm. love, I love him. I love mm-hmm. Christ and I, I love learning from him. And I just mm-hmm. see, and I hope that all of us can see that mm-hmm. we're the person on the mat. Mm-hmm. This is probably another time, and we did this a couple of times during the series on the catechism, but this is probably another time for us to bring up and defend the Lutheran use of absolution. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, if you've ever been into a conservative, a more traditional Lutheran church, uh, and you're not from the Lutheran faith, it's likely at some point in time during the service, you heard the pastor say, I, as a called and ordained servant of the word in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the particular version of the absolution the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod uses, and that's what I use in personal absolution, private confession, mm-hmm. absolution. And the reaction to that normally is, <laughs> guess what? Only God can forgive sins. But what we miss in what Jesus is doing here and what we miss in the in the institution of the keys from Matthew 16 and in the institution of absolution from John 20 is that God's word mm-hmm. 
specifically the gospel, forgives sins. Mm -hmm. And this is the problem with the church. We mostly preach about the gospel without ever preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, again, when Jesus says your sins are forgiven, your sins are actually forgiven. And so if you object to the concept of the absolution, what the pastor is doing saying, I forgive your sins, you don't realize that if the pastor preached the gospel during his sermon, there was an absolution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if there was a declaration of grace or a a more... a more easy to understand absolution, like what I use at faith, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, in my church we quote a gospel verse, uh, you know, like First John one nine, mm-hmm. we confess our sins. God is faithful and just, forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. And then what I say is because of promises like this in the Word of God, from the mouth of God Himself, Absolutely. and based on the completed work of Christ on the cross in your place, I declare to you that your sins have been forgiven. Mm-hmm. That's still an absolution. Uh, uh, if you are singing a gospel song uh, that declares the promises of the gospel, uh, you know, a good hymn for that would be Salvation Unto Us Has Come, mm-hmm. uh, one of Luther's more famous hymns, that's an absolution. Mm-hmm. Every time the gospel is proclaimed, there's an absolution. And so from this, it's not I am uniquely equipped as a pastor mm-hmm. to forgive sins. I just have to happen to have the word of the gospel on it's, my lips. Yeah, I mm-hmm. have the gospel mm-hmm. and I have been called by the congregation to mm-hmm. do it. That's the only thing that distinguishes me. And in fact, Christians, lay Christians in the church should be practicing absolution all of the time. When you are, you know, edifying a brother or sister in Christ and they need to hear the gospel, you're absolving them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I know that in my account with my accountability partners, I've done this mm-hmm. and they've done it to me and it's like, oh my word. Yeah. You know, it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well as we bring this to a close, I the one thing I hope that all of us as believers in Christ Jesus can see is and just think about is like what about the guy on the mat? Like how did how do you think he felt being able to get up and carry his bed and walk home? Mm-hmm. The or, whole or the buddies too gratitude probably the, didn't the, expect the gratitude yeah. <laughs> the glee is exactly what we should experience as we hear the gospel and the promise that your sins mm-hmm. are forgiven. So I want to read from John nine. You know, and the response of this man who was born blind as he experiences Christ. And may we always respond uh, to Christ in this way. In John 9, beginning in verse 35, it says, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And having found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? He answered, who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him. It is he who is speaking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. May we always respond in this way. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we wrap up our discussion on justification, looking at another New Testament passage. God bless you and have a great week.